Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, welcome everyone to The Distraction here on Fightful.com. I am Jeremy Lambert, joined by Joel Holbert. Joel, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. We've had a very seamless start to this podcast. Very excited. <laughs> We've got our topics ready. We've just had a late addition to the top, topic list. So excited. Yeah. <laughs> Last week we had no technical issues, which is like the first yes. time in history we've recorded something together and had no technical issues i thought oh this is really simple and then this week i was like let's start a half hour earlier we'll get it done <laughs> and then we spent a half hour doing technical issues so last week was just an anomaly happened uh by some force of god that was just like eh, we're gonna make this premiere episode run smoothly and now it's like <laughs> ah, just getting fools now you're you're back to normal technical issues every week yeah, well, if we're gonna have like a you know like a uh, signature move, then I guess that's as you know technical issues. Technical issues yeah. are super good. stuff that means nothing to the audience. <laughs> is that going to be our key uh, selling point? Uh, this is the distraction podcast. Fightful dot com. Everyone, sign up to Fightful Select. Best way to support everything we do. Joe with his Slayer of Wrestling features. New feature coming out next week for the Royal Rumble. Yes. Yeah, I'm hoping to, but, you know, again, I don't cut the checks, Jeremy, so, you know, not my decision to make. There you go, two wrestling features, hopefully. I'm on Fightful every day doing different stuff, writing headlines that people think I say and stuff like that, and it's <laughs> not me. I don't care if the Attitude Air, if WWE brings back boobs, that's that's what Corey Graves thinks, not, not me. Okay. You sure about that? <laughs> I mean, if they want to bring back boobs, that's fine, like, that's that's their call. I don't think they ever officially got rid of boobs, though, right? Like, <laughs> they just they blurred it all out. They get banned yes. from Twitch. Like I, think, I don't think that's happened, but oh, I missed it. I don't know. 
Uh, this week we're going to cover a multitude of things, as always. For anyone hoping, I don't know what our audience expects out of us after one episode, but for anyone hoping, we're going to dive into this uh, Gabe Sapolsky, David Starr, Twitter mess, the, the, the Tesla Blanchard accusations. What what else happened on Twitter? That page, 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 page. yeah. yeah. If it happens on Twitter, we're typically going to stay away from it if it's like yes. a serious type issue like that. Yeah. Because all of the good commentary of stuff that happens on Twitter, you'll be shocked to know it takes place on Twitter. <laughs> Mostly. Yeah. So, you know, like us coming on a week later and being like, hey man, Trip shouldn't have said that. And it's not really, not really entertaining for us. It might be fun for you, but we'd rather talk about Okada Schultz and stuff like that. Yeah, and, like, we're two white dudes. Like, we don't have a whole lot to say about racism. Believe it or not, yes, we are. (laughs) I don't think people uh, quite value what what we have to say on that stuff. But this is not the podcast that's going to talk about serious topics. We're the opposite of, like, cutting edge and sort of groundbreaking, you know? We're We're very much going to keep things as they are, for better or worse, really. So either support now or just sort of give up hope. Really is what I would say. But anyway, carry on, Drew. <laughs> we will take uh, suggestions from our listeners for topics. We have no issue. As yeah. I said, message Joe. He'll listen. I won't. I will, yeah. Or I'll block. Listen or block one or the other. If you're not blocked, it will be on the next show. Uh, we're going to start this week. So the, the way this gimmick works is I'm going to put five minutes on the clock. We're going to discuss the topic for five minutes. We might go a little bit over time because it's our show. Whatever. We can do that. Uh, we have an overrun. And we're going to discuss the topic for five minutes. Once it goes off, we will move on to the next topic. Joe, let us start this week with the topic everyone wants us to talk about after last week. Japanese deathmatch legend Luther. Back yes. on Dynamite this week. Not as big of a, of a <laughs> role this week. I'm not even sure he was referred to as a Japanese deathmatch legend. But he was Oh, there. you're so wrong. Jeremy, you're <laughs> so it? wrong. I can't wait to enlighten you on Okay, carry on. Finish the setup, Jeremy. Dude, the Dynamite was so busy last night. And it I was. got to write a bunch of stories on it and stuff. Yes. Uh, so the match was Brandy. It was supposed to be Awesome Kong, but she was ill. So Brandy had to step in and save the match. The match was, was not going to happen without Brandy. Uh, Brandy and Mel against Akarashita and Chris Statlander. Joe, Japanese deathmatch legend Luther, what do you got? I mean, this. in all honesty, like we should firstly start by saying AEW was very good. We have no complaints. However, I'm about to have a major complaint. Uh, this was disappointing on many levels, Jeremy, because I expected the show to open with a Luther promo explaining his um, journey to AW, but we didn't get that. Instead, he was just sort of hit with a kendo stick, and that was the end of that. But if you want to talk seriously about what happened with Luther on uh, Dynamite, this segment was kind of a bummer, man. I, like, I know it's become like a, uh, a fully like formed narrative now, AEW's women's division sucks, and sometimes those things get a bit out of hand, but... It was pretty brutal, like the way the audience just totally checked out when this match started. That was felt telling, I thought. However, there were some highs. I'm sure this will make you happy to know that at one point it was explained on commentary that Shida, due to a Japanese background, I think was the phrase they used, but they explained that she will be very familiar with uh, the deathmatch legend, Lufa, because that's where he made his name, Jeremy. So not only is he a legend in Japan, he's 
had a serious impact on AEW women's contender Sheeta. And while we're on the commentary, I'd have to say another um, classic JR AEW moment was when, you know, they did the, the hill spot where, like, the referee was distracted so they didn't bother tagging. And right. Jim Ross, just in the middle of the match, just says, I've never understood the psychology of that. <laughs> it's quite, just say it made no sense. But, yes, they did mention him as a Japanese deathmatch legend. Matches participants, and that was a key part of the story, Jeremy. I'm disappointed you didn't say that. To be honest with you, uh, yeah, I I missed that. I apologize. I I need to go yes. back and rewatch every single Luther segment after it happens. Now, well, I agree, all sense. of them. Yeah, <laughs> I think this is something I, I've got to start doing because I can't miss key key details like this. So that is my bad to everyone listening or watching. This match wasn't good, though. No, this, it wasn't. This was not a good match. A lot of, a lot of missed spots. A lot of botches. Uh, Chris Statlander used her alien powers to to tip people over and whatnot. Brandy may have been the best worker in this match on Wednesday, and that kind of tells you all you need to know mm. about it. Yeah, Dynamite was good. I enjoyed Dynamite. This was a a huge huge miss. I agree with you. I don't know why Luther didn't open the promo, open the show with a promo. I don't know why Luther wasn't involved in like the bash at the beach set. Like, you know, why wasn't he throwing people into yeah. the the lifeguard stand and using the beach ball and stuff? That that's classic Japanese deathmatch uh material True. right there. They did mention that he was famous for scaring people in in the crowd. They did actually say this. They said he used to run through the crowds in Japan. And that I think it was suggested that Shida may have experienced this directly, but I may not be making stuff up. Luther, However, Luther should have been underneath the sand and like popped out like, and, and scared yes. Shida when she came out. I do like the thing where like he's on the uh he's around ringside and there'll be like a down spot in the match. And the camera will just give a, a headshot of Luther, and one of the commentators, any of them it can be, will just go, I think he's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I enjoy that part of it. This faction is, like, I mean, I understand the idea, for, but the talent involved that currently really just isn't where it needs to be, right? Because Orson Kong isn't having great matches in 2020. I don't think that's unfair to say that, right? No. And then you've got, you know, the rest of it, the Japanese Deathmatch legend, but... I don't know, man. This was a rough segment. A clear, like, downspot of a good show. Their entire women's division is rough. Like, they, they put out those rankings every week, which I can't stand. You want the real power rankings every Thursday, yes. 5 o'clock, Fightful. Real sports power rankings. Their power rankings, everyone's 0-0. Zero and zero. Everyone in the women's division is, like, 3-3. Three and three. It's like, your, your entire division is 500. Like, your, this division sucks. The thing, I don't want to be, um, like, overly critical of the talent because I honestly don't know a lot about most of the talent involved. Just being totally honest, I haven't followed um, most of their careers. So I don't want to be overly critical of that, the talent they've compiled. I know it's tough, but the presentation is super, like, this is our last kind of, oh, we have to tick that box. That's what it feels like. That's not good because that's the opposite of what the other show's doing, which, I mean, you know, we're going to get to. But, um yeah, this was this was telling. I thought, you know, we can all debate. Oh, is it good heat? Bad heat? There's no good heat in this match. No way. There's no way. No, no. The 
I don't I don't blame the talent from everything I've seen from everything I've read the talent is good they, you know Cheetah yeah. uh, Britt Baker has improved a lot I love Riho I think Riho's great mm-hmm. um, and, and Chris Statlander everyone raves about her I don't think it's a, a talent issue it's just yeah the presentation it, it feels like such an afterthought and they said yes. you know wait until 2020 and now it's 2020 and we're getting you know thrown together tag team matches i guess there's a little bit of story but like brandy is dominating them like no offense to brandy she's not a good wrestler but she was good no, in this match but yeah that's that's the that is the one problem is we don't want to be critical of the talent but in this particular match there was a lot of blind spots which happens right that's fine but in this one segment, there was a lot of talent flaws, I would suggest, unless production changed last minute or something happened, you know? And th- this was the only women's segment. When you look at other shows, yeah. they're getting two, three women's segments. This was it, and this is you know, what people remember from your women's division, and it wasn't good. Mm, but we yeah, it's a, it's a flaw. It's a, exactly, and that's the biggest bonus, you know? A- in other AEW news, they AEW Dynamite extended through 2023 on TNT big extension 175 million over the course of the deal but potentially the bigger news is the second show that is coming to either TNT uh, TNT president Kevin Riley said it was going to be TNT I'm still a little bit skeptical he might have just been saying things because it was the day of everything it doesn't seem like it was fully fleshed out at least not in the press release Joe Give me ideas for a second AEW show. The obvious one is the one everyone's done. 605 Saturday, great. But I honestly think they should do like a morning show. I'm convinced of this, Jeremy. I feel this is lost. There, There is an audience of professional wrestling fans potentially out there that will never, ever get to watch wrestling on television because it's on very late. You see what I'm saying? Like, is AEW really aimed at kids? No, but it's wrestling, right? Wrestling will always appeal to kids on some level. I mean, if you show Cody Rhodes' co-entrance at, like, 11 a.m., I mean, it's a game-changer, you know, with, with the cool pulling-up set thing. All right, that's my suggestion, because otherwise you're going to just create a lesser version of Dynamite. There's no going to not be any difference, is there? You know, it's just going to have a less audience, and it will just um, overexpose some guys. So that's my suggestion. Do something a little bit different with it, you know? All right, I'm all for them doing a morning show, aiming yes. at kids. Yes. Let's do a cartoon. Okay. Saturday morning AEW cartoon. The I think the Young Bucks wrote a children's book, so they they've got that tie in there. Or maybe Cody wrote a children's book. Seems like everybody writes a children's book nowadays. You got Pharaoh. You can bring Pharaoh out. Kids love dogs. Don't put the pile yeah. around them, but you can bring bring him out. Um. I, let's just, let's turn AEW into a cartoon. See, the, the issue is is that I, I was convinced halfway through your um, compliment of my idea that you was about to switch it up and say we should have a deathmatch centric broadcast live from Corican Hall that will be built around Luther's no, battles. This is look, I got but instead you furthered my concept <laughs> and turned it into a different, like an incredible fault to be honest. But yeah, I think so because look, let's be honest. If they just do AEW Dark on a Monday night. Well, not a mother night, Tuesday night. It's just, it just basically cuts that audience in half. You have the real hardcore fans will watch it. It's not going to be a game changer. But if you try to get a different audience, I mean, that would be the best thing they could do, right? I don't know. I mean, the cartoon is a pretty radical idea, Jeremy. I'm going to be honest with you. But it's better than just a generic B show like Thunder was uh, 23 years ago. Another timely reference there for the podcast. 
I, I I'm all for theme shows. So we can, we need, I mean, this is what essentially WrestleMania weekend is for all the indies. Sean Ross Sapp has his own theme show. How does this happen? Yes. You know, everyone, everyone has a theme show. So weekly we get theme shows. We get Japanese deathmatch legend Luther's Japanese wow. deathmatch uh, dynamite, I, whatever you want to call the show. We, we get Joey Janela's weekly spring break. Um, mm. the the Young Bucks Super Kick Party, the who who else? Marco Stunts Five Foot and Under Show. This, this okay. is what we need. Every week, somebody gets their own theme show. Every week, yeah. They got a lot okay. of they got a lot of if, wrestlers. If got... one's good, we may get brave enough to like repeat one of those concepts. You see what I mean? Like Luther really gets a big rate, and we can go back to the yeah. Luther Deathmatch concept. Yeah, maybe. I don't. Know. I mean, this is the actual. It's an interesting thing because from a television point of view, it makes them a lot more valuable, right? Like this, this be honest, this is a good news. This is very good news. The issue is you, you have to be careful with how much content you're producing. If it is AEW Dark, as some reports said, that's one thing. That's fine, really. If it's another hour altogether, then you, I feel you've got to do something a little bit different with it, I think, you know? I, I think it's just going to be... I mean, what Kevin Riley said was it's going to be essentially dark mixed with the road Two specials which is fine i don't, I don't have yeah. an issue with i think the road to spe- the road Two stuff are really good they they need to get more personality driven stuff over anyway because yeah. that stuff is really good um but i look selfishly i i don't want this to be like this huge <laughs> show i i watch enough live wrestling as it is i i don't want to give up another day of my week i i'm doing monday wednesdays fridays there there's shows on saturdays there's shows on sundays i, I get yes. sometimes tuesdays free but then now you got power and and impact thursdays is like the one day where it's like okay I don't have anything to do tonight. Maybe my wife, I can spend some time with her. And then the AEW is going to add some show and it's going to be like, hey, you got to watch this show every week. There's, no, I, I don't want to have to, I don't want it to be like an important show, selfishly. You've just started a, a what will be a recurring theme for this podcast. So I hope the audience marks it down, makes a note of it, because it will be an ongoing thing that me and you talk aggressively about the fact we have to watch more professional wrestling. So I'm glad we set the time for it early. I agree with you. I mean, today is, is his Thursday when we're recording this. I don't know when the audience is saying it, but it's Thursday when we're recording it. And I wake up on Thursday morning thinking, man, I've got four hours ahead of me. I've got to, I've got to tackle this four hours. And there's a topic later that I will explain to you when I've watched uh, what you're about to bring up. So keep that in mind. But yes, this is very bad for you who has to do news and actually watch this stuff with like a um, objective mind, you know? Yeah, I... Wednesdays are really fun because the the wrestling is good, um, yeah. and, and because we're, we're able to watch them at the same time, it's really only two hours. And and Carlos mm, that uh, helps, yeah. And Carlos Toro always does NXT, and I always do AEW. So it's really only covering like one show, but they pack those shows with news. Like we're both doing like eight nine stories a night just because everything that comes out of there. And then mm-hmm. yeah, Raw, SmackDown. Look, I, I, I have a personal life people yes yes this is true we are in, in fact we do have other interests believe it or not you know yeah i mean but... it, uh, they don't believe us <laughs> they don't. but when when the cartoon show kicks in there will be no complaints right That's, we're all in on that 
Look, the cartoon show, I'm for. The theme show is probably something like I would go out of my way each week to watch. But... <laughs> I hope so. You just pitched it. <laughs> I hope you would go out of your way to watch it, yes. Uh, I got ideas, AEW. Hire me. Hire me to do your power rankings because... Yes, Viner that's legit. an important point. That's an important point, Jeremy. We need to make it clear. We are open to being co-opted. We should make that clear, Jeremy, because I... Listen, I do a couple features a month, okay? Jeremy may have some sort of ethics here, but I'm open to this. DMs are always open, as I said earlier, and those ideas can be as simple as say something was good. I will do that, provided, you know, some form of opportunity or money. But yes, Karen. As a, as a news writer, I am non-biased. I, everything is, is straight down the line by the books. As a podcast personality, I'll take that Tony Khan money. Wow, wow. <laughs> Okay, so we're sharing the money now. Yeah, yeah wow, yeah. interesting. Okay, Joe, let's stick with Wednesday nights. Bianca Belair wins the women's battle royal, setting up a match against Rhea Ripley at NXT Takeover Portland. Big battle royal. Shayna Baszler was in it, which was not advertised. People didn't know what was going to happen with her. The return of Casey Catanzaro after reports that she had quit or retired. What'd you make of this battle royal? The returns and Bianca Belair winning. It's, this is very interesting because as a battle royal, it was, in fact, a battle royal, you know, and I mean that in the least emotional way possible, where it's just, it is what it is, right? I mean, in many ways, it felt like them sort of showing off, I thought. It was yeah. like, you know, look at all these great women we have, you know, I mean, this isn't a match that's, like, you know, it's a battle royal, but in like 25 years, you know, they'll post a picture from before that match and be like, hey guys, remember this? And we'll be sitting there on the distraction, you know, going, well, I remember it. We spoke about it on episode two. And I had nothing interesting to say about it. But the one thing that is interesting was a couple of things. Obviously, you said Casey coming back is interesting. Shayna Baszler, I thought was I thought we wouldn't see her until the Rumble where she was going to win the Rumble. So that's an interesting element, I think, because if she was headed for a Rumble win, I don't know if I'd have her in this match. I don't think there was any need, right? Um, Bianca Belair, speaking of, of that, she's got to be close to a call-up, man, because I don't think she's winning this match, right? Like, I don't think she's beating uh, Rhea Ripley, so I feel this could be her like uh, final chapter in NXT, you know? With Shayna Baszler being in it, I mean, she was eliminated by, by Shotzi Blackheart, and it seems like yes. they're potentially setting up a feud there. And you said, all right, if Baszler's going to be in the Rumble, why have her do this? But this is like classic wwe to me in that baszler's in she does a feud with blackheart maybe even like shotzi gets a win over her and then baszler like still wins the royal rumble because it's that thing of they, they did it with belair like i feel like bianca belair has lost a ton of like big matches over the past couple of months maybe, maybe she's beaten some enhancement talent but like she, she's lost to mia yim she's taken the the pinfall and like mm-hmm. the the fatal four-way and then she wins this and so she gets a title a title shot it is the money in the bank all the time lose 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 then you get the money in the bank briefcase it's like well you can you just that's your ticket to a yeah, title shot. that's become a bad crutch for them, definitely, yeah. yeah. So I feel like it's the same Shane, same thing with Shayna Baszler. It's lose this battle royal, lose the Shotzi, put her over, go into the Women's Royal Rumble, win that, and then you do the feud with Becky Lynch. The, the thing, is, I agree with what you're saying. It's very much textbook WWE, but the, Shayna Baszler is, in very many ways, she's sort of gone against the textbook use of a WWE wrestler because the truth is, is Shayna's one of those unique wrestlers that you have to put effort into creatively to get you know, an effect out of, right? 
you can't just have her sort of um, if she came up let's say after WrestleMania for the sake of the argument if she came up and just had like eight minute matches every week where she won some lost some that would just totally destroy her, the whole point of it right like she's she's someone you have to actually put some effort into and decide okay we're going to focus on her so that's the only thing I would say I just personally I would have had a everyone forget about her and then it's a surprise whereas if she loses on NXT it kind of I don't know I'm with you though but Belair and uh, Ripley is this for you is this a the best match they can make or is that Shariah and Ripley that's got to be number one right I thought Io was going to win I thought that was the the bigger match I don't have an issue with Bianca Belair I, I think she's do you think great. they're saving that for Mania Weekend maybe or are they are they doing a takeover on Mania Weekend or yeah, is it Worlds yeah, Collide they're, they're doing a takeover on Mania okay weekend. so I feel that's what that match will be I'd, I'd assume you know yeah that makes sense um, Bianca I'm with you it doesn't feel like she's needed in NXT right now. Mm. She's almost outgrown it, even though she hasn't won the championship or anything like that. Like she has such a presence and everyone says it like Charlotte praises her. Naomi praises her. Everyone talks about her presence and charisma and you can see it when she comes out and she's, she's taken to this really quickly as well. She's, she's an outstanding wrestler performer already. And I don't think she's been doing it very long. I yeah. I don't think she's gonna be long for for NXT. It feels like maybe Portland is kind of a a almost a swan swan song for her. I mean, everything you said is true, and then when you combine that with the fact that they are just so low on heels, like SmackDown is there, there's no heels in the women's division outside of the you know the champ and and Sasha, which who are linked. So therefore, you can't really beat them unless it's linked with the up of the champ. You had Mandy and Sonya, but I don't know if they're going to be heels for much longer. I don't know what they're doing there. That's a whole other thing, you know, being a babyface via babyface distraction. But, Jeremy, I'll stay off that topic for the sake of the show. But they, she's needed. This is the crazy thing, right? We all love to talk about how great the NXT division is, and rightly so, it is great. But these women are needed elsewhere, man. The divisions, Raw and SmackDown, are not loaded with depth to the point where they can be like, nah, keep Bianca for a little longer. That's just not happening right now, is it, you know? I think Raw and SmackDown could be loaded with depth. It's just they don't focus on a lot of yeah. it. It's the Ember Moon complaint of you focus on the same two, three, four girls, and it, it takes everything out. Like they they have the talent. Like Liv is talented, and you know, look what yeah, she's doing. Sarah Logan's there, but look what. I guess they're trying to push her a little bit. Right I like now. that you did. This is what you did there. I don't know if you noticed. You said Liv is talented. Sarah's there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm with you. The problem is when you train us, they're not important for so long. It gets tough, right? Like that's the issue, isn't it? You know, you can't beat people for two years and then be like, okay, now we're going to go for it. It takes a long time to convince us. Yeah. Yeah, the the women's division on the mid, like Lacey Evans, is just randomly a baby face one week and. Still yeah. doing the same stuff she does as a heel. That's going to have to be a full topic at some point because that is a uh, that's an interesting one. <laughs> that's all I'll say. That's an interesting one. Well, let, let's jump over to SmackDown and talk about your favorite wrestler, the return of your favorite wrestler. I didn't know you were a Bobby Roode fan until oh man last week. Really? And then yeah. Okay, here's some trivia for everyone. All my massive fans that watch this show. Um, while we're recording this, it's one day past my third third anniversary, Jeremy, on Fightful.com. Do you know the topic of my very first wrestling feature on Fightful.com, Jeremy? I'm going to assume it's Bobby Roode. Yes, Bobby Roode. <laughs> I can't remember what the title was. It was so involving It Factor. We were in the lead-up to his uh, NXT title match with Shinsuke. 
That's how long I've been around, folks. NXT, <laughs> Shinsuke versus Bobby Roode. I think Bobby Roode's tremendous. I don't know if I have any interest whatsoever in what he's currently doing on SmackDown or has been doing for the last two years, but I know, he's a pretty tremendous professional wrestler. He has been for a very long time, but uh, this SmackDown show is uh, is very bad, Jeremy. And, and unfortunately, uh, it's the only show that causes such uproar amongst my uh, mutuals on social media that when it ends, I wake up to multiple messages about anger and rage regarding SmackDown. And I would like to know that even though I'm a massive Bobby Roode fan, I watched this segment approximately approximately 90 minutes ago. So uh, it was last Friday, but that's how I have to watch SmackDown. You know, 20 minute segments. I'll get through it eventually. Yeah. I like your SmackDown viewing habits. It's just 20 minutes. I can't watch it, man. I can't. I, I'm not. This is the thing. People think, you know, when we cover wrestling and stuff, and you cover it a lot more than me, obviously, but they think we're, like, sort of fueled by a negativity. It could not be no. further from the truth. No. I, I want to like this show. Honestly, I really do. Many people are like her on SmackDown. I can't care for any of it. I just can't. You know, there's this, this Roman and Corbin thing, and then Lacey and Bailey. So it feels like it's constantly booked to annoy me. So I have, therefore, I have to split it up, you know? Yeah, no, we... <laughs> Look, we don't want to be negative when it comes to wrestling. Do you do you think we enjoy spending two, three hours a night like watching this yes. stuff and like, oh, I just want to rip on it? No, I want. I like that time. Like, I have better things to do with my time than watch some of these shows. I'd I'd rather watch Temptation Island, or you know, at least that's entertaining for an hour. Yes, uh, this is it. I mean, it, we don't have any interest in just hating it. Yeah, <laughs> it does nothing for us. No, it really doesn't. Um, but Bobby Roode, it, it was funny because people were like, "Oh, they're gonna do the big return at the Rumble. Like that's when it's gonna happen." It's like, no, they 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 can't hold off. And look, Bobby Roode returning at the Rumble is that like really a big surprise? Like, oh boy, Bobby Roode wow. has been missing for He's been upfront disrespectful on our own podcast. He's been, man. oh, Bobby Roode's been gone for uh seventy days. I think a bit less than that, way less than that. Uh, Bobby Roode's been gone for forty five days. Man, we really miss this guy. Okay, listen, Jeremy, forget the timer. We're tackling this now. What's the issue with Bobby Roode? Why am I such an outlaw for this opinion? I feel like I'm doing something I shouldn't be. I just like Bobby Roode. Is that okay? He has a good fame and all this. I have no issue with your fandom of of Bobby Roode. Uh, I personally find him just bland. Like, there's just nothing to... I forgot, like, the, at the end of the year, or the end of the decade, which, end of the year, uh, they showed, like, oh, here's everyone who won the NXT title this decade. I completely forgot Bobby Roode's run. Wow, really? Yeah. I'm such an outlier on this one. Because <laughs> I, I look at that as, like, the golden era, and everyone's like, man, that sucked. <laughs> I look back, I must have watched different matches to everyone else. But I love that whole, like, Roode TNA run. Maybe I'm just insane. You know, you're a Perhaps little that's... insane, but that's okay. Yeah, but I mean, I was very excited when I watched it on a Thursday afternoon. You know, I was very excited to see him. I was a little bit disappointed that the Usos' triumphant return lasted only a week. That felt a bit, you know, I would <laughs> let him win. I would let him win a match, and then just for once, I would have ended SmackDown with the baby faces having no, fun. You've got to put Bobby Roode over in the final segment. Yeah, what I will say is, and this is where you're misled totally. You're insane if you don't think it, at the Rumble with glorious plays. We're all erupting, Jeremy. This is where this is where you're off. Everyone is cheering across the world if, if glorious plays at uh, the Rumble. But yeah, look, this is going to be this is never going to be discussed again because Rube will never ever be a big enough topic to be on this show again. <laughs> so I just want to make clear now: 
if you're a fan of Bobby Roode, come join me. You're welcome. It's pretty low down here. You know, there's not a lot going on. Uh, if not, join the other thousands of people that think I'm insane. You know, S- send Joe a message if you're a fan. Yes, of Bobby Roode. please hit do. Him, hit him with your favorite Bobby Roode gif. Yes, then there's, there should be many. Right? There <laughs> Is there be. many? I'm at some point, and I will bring this up on the podcast. I'm going to watch their matches back at some point. Now, I I have a vivid memory of these sort of like classic NXT title tilts, so I must have uh, I must be way off. But be fair, though, you're just talking about the decade. Bobby Roode, hell of a decade. Be fair, Jeremy. Can we get that much at least? I enjoyed his TNA run. Beer money. There we go. Was, was awesome. Even the Team Canada stuff. Very early in the. Now we're getting there. Yeah, yes. Like, I, I don't have an issue with my problem with him in WWE and and this is a WWE issue is that they haven't done anything with him. He's glorious and th- like that's it. Yes, I mean that's fair, but you know, I you know, if I went by that logic, I I don't like anyone on any of these shows. <laughs> so, I have to stick to my guns at some point and say, "No, I did once like this person. I will continue to pretend I do," you know? That's really what it is. I you know, some of these shows and some of the stuff they do, they make you forget how much you liked wrestlers before this all happened. Yeah. This happens to be on SmackDown. I was watching the Shinsuke. Am I right in saying Shinsuke is all brawn on SmackDown? Am I, am I imagining? This happened, right? This was a week ago now, so it's a bit Sh- tough. Yeah, he was on SmackDown. He, he was I, was, I get confused with the way I watch it. Yes, the way I watch it, I get confused which week is which. But <laughs> I'm watching this Shinsuke match, and I'm just like, I'm looking at the fast-forward button, I'm looking at the screen, I'm, looking, I'm just thinking... If you'd have told me a few years ago, man, that I'd be this like uninterested in what Shinsuke's doing, I, sh- I never would have believed you. And I don't think that's, you know, I don't think that's particularly a criticism of anyone. I, it's just the way it works, I guess. Right? We go through the cycles as fans, but you do forget how much you enjoyed some of these people when they come up and they just become a part of the WWE fabric, I guess. Right? Oh, that that completely. I feel the same way about Shinsuke. It's like okay, yeah. I remember the excitement around surrounding that, like. When they booked him and AJ for Tokyo Dome, it was like a, it was like an event. Like they had booked it, and then he came to WWE and he had the debut match, and it was like a game changer. And now it, he could not feel any less like a game changer. He feels just like another WWE mid card, a good one, does his job, you know. But it's strange how quickly perception can change. In fairness, the rude perception never changed. Everyone thought he was boring, other than me, for the last five years. So that's just a me thing. But yeah, the Shinsuke Sami Zayn match is one of my favorite matches of yeah. the last decade. And at this point, it's underrated because people have yes. forgotten it because of everything well, they've noticed, done with Shinsuke since. Well, I know it's a lot of kind of hipster takes on that match. I know it's a lot of, you know, on the uh, match of the decade list, they were coming in and I saw a lot of people, you know, it wasn't that good. I, was, I remember that being electric, that match, you know? It, but, it totally was. I, I remember watching the WrestleMania pre-show the, the day after, that match and like it's the pre-show and it's whatever and i just kept i was watching it with some friends i just kept thinking like you know what we should do we should just watch the shinsuke and Sami Zayn yeah. again because from start like his entrance it was the fr- dude that entrance theme like the first time hearing that and everything like eh, the atmosphere surrounding it that match is perfect yeah and i think you know the shinsuke run has been frustrating for so many reasons and i don't think wwe is totally to blame for some of it you know i mean some of it is just some stuff doesn't work, right? That's fair. But um, there are some positives in history, I think. I think people look back on it fonder than they kind of lived it because he did win the Rumble, you know. He, he did get a major spot at Mania. That was all progress within itself. 
you know, we have to remember when he signed, there was a lot of fear about what they were going to do to him. And I understand that some of that has come to fruition, but we got the NXT run, right? Like, they treated him like a superstar upon arrival. This would be fair about that, at least. Yeah. So it could have been worse. I just think it didn't connect the way they intended it to. I think some of that was bad presentation, probably. But I have to be honest, I'm a fan of Shinsuke. I think there's other wrestlers that have suffered more from bad creative than he did when he first came. You know, I think a lot of it was just... Some stuff doesn't connect the way they intend it to, you know? One thing that has connected with a certain portion of the audience is, like that transition, uh, Buddy <laughs> Murphy and Aleister Black, they had their, I guess, it's not a rubber match because Aleister Black was up 2-0 in, in the series, and Joe has disappeared. I have no idea what happened. Is your audio still there? It should be, yeah. Okay. Your audio's there. The the video <laughs> has gone by the way. I have no so, idea what. Yeah, you're you're just a, a picture right now. <laughs> uh, okay. It, it happens. We'll we'll just try to continue forward and see what Sweet. happens. Um, so back back on or carry on? No, we're gonna we're just gonna carry on. If you're okay. if you're watching this on video, I apologize that Joe is now yes. just a a small little picture and not an actual video. But if you're <laughs> listening to this on audio, you probably have no idea what's going on. Okay, <laughs> I have no clue. Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy. Alistair Black beat Buddy Murphy again on Raw, sending Buddy Murphy into a trance. Uh, that lasted through the fist fight main event and ended with Buddy Murphy aligning himself with Seth Rollins and the AOP, uh, the the Monday Night Messiah with Seth Rollins. Joe, what are your thoughts on Buddy Murphy? I guess uh, joining up with with Rollins and AOP. This, you know, last week we spoke about how Raw is uh, is making positive strides. And, you know, everyone's in position, and I thought this was a good example of that. I thought this was pretty much the perfect use of Buddy and what he can bring to a main roster brand because you give him a long match against a guy who you perceive to have a higher ceiling, he has a great match with that guy, and then you put him in the ultimate role for a guy like that, which is he's in a, the top heel faction and he's like the... Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at perfect good match man in that faction you don't want Seth wrestling all those matches you know so um, this was this was perfect man this was a great example of the stride towards taken I haven't got a problem with the result I think uh, they see bigger things for Black and that's fine I probably do too you know it's good I the, the match was Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy was good. It's they can they have great chemistry against each other. Yeah. I like the story of you know Buddy Murphy can't beat this guy and it mm-hmm. sent him to a, a new dimension almost to where okay now I'm gonna just align myself with with Seth Rollins and and AOP. We'll see if they they revisit the the Buddy Murphy Alistair Black thing. I think they should honestly let that cool a little bit. Like he's lost three times. 
you don't need to beat him again. He he's got a new story now. So I, I think they should just let that simmer, let Alistair Black go elsewhere. And then you come back to the Buddy Murphy, Alistair Black thing. Once Murphy really gets his legs with this new group and, you know, reestablishes his confidence and is like, All right, I, I can beat you now and then you have him beat Alistair Black and it comes off like a much bigger deal. Yeah, I, this whole, you know, I know everyone, and I understand why we live and die by results and stuff, but this, I feel this feud has elevated him. You know, and it has elevated Black. It's shown what he's capable of beyond just, just squash matches and stuff. And this was a good fit. This this helped everyone, I think. I think in the long term, as you just said, it can actually be a positive that they did an actual story with the match rather than just having Buddy beat him on the third match. I mean, um, this, this faction has been a, a positive effect on Raw, the, the fist fight, Jeremy, how excited were you about the fist fight? Did you enjoy the fist fight? I was so excited for the fist fight. And then they brought kendo sticks and they're using, <laughs> look, if you agree to, to fist fight somebody at the, you know, if, if you're back in, in high school and you're like, yeah, after, after school, we're going to meet at the, at the yard, at the cut is what we used to call it. We're going to meet at the cut and we're going to fist fight. You don't bring a kendo stick in a, a chair or anything like that you 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 fist fight you fight with your fist like it, it's in the title joe it is in the title of yes. the match that they use their were there any like punches through samoa joe had his fist taped at least but kevin owens is doing springboard cartwheel dives it, it was flips i realize that's not what he did but he, he was doing flips and no fist the revival would have would have just been they, they would have posted the the Baron Corbin uh, throwing up gif after seeing this. Yeah, but I mean, you told me something very, very important last week, Jeremy, and I will use it this week. The business has changed, you know, and <laughs> and uh, the the truth is, no one wants to see the fists anymore. We want the flips, and that's you know, that's where the industry's going. I've been told that's where it's going. I've been told that if you're against that, Jeremy, like you just were, means you're out of touch, pal. So I would change your opinions quickly. Uh, this was cutting edge. This was revolutionary. Uh, the Kevin Owens spot made for some tremendous gifts. I, I thought. I mean, look, it was a fist fight. I mean, you know, I it understand was a flip what Sam. Fight. But, That's what they should have called it—a flip. But fight. I mean, the, on on name alone, you have a point. But you're also in the wrong for having any expectations of a match that was billed as a fist fight, which in itself was not the most creative uh, terminology for a new match. You know. Look, Heyman let me down on this one. I wanted yeah. um, the the Rottens dipping their their fist into into glass and just going out and throwing down. Yeah, another timely reference for. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I'm with you. I understand your frustrations, but this is where we have to we have to appreciate the evolution of the industry. And um, you know, I, the Big Show thing. When you were so right, and when you said it, I realised 100%. Like Big Show was always losing this match, right? Like, that was was there ever a doubt? I guess I guess not. This was always happening that way, and in the end, they actually achieved a lot. I always think the hardest thing with Raw is that because it's three hours, when it ends, you have to actually like um, you have to have, you have to have done an angle or achieved something. Otherwise, people think it was the most boring show ever. Do you know what I mean? Like because it's so long, if you don't pay off that finish. People just are tired. By that point, they think it was a waste of time. So they did that. They achieved that. It was another good week, I thought. I know Corey Graves is very mad about it, but I have not yet read your transcription of that event. Yeah, Corey, Corey Graves is mad. I don't know if Corey Graves is like actually upset with these things or he just knows that people like me are going to write these headlines and just bring on 
uh, more more attention to him. But he he was mad yeah. uh, mainly about the the Rusev Bobby Lashley stuff, which I, I don't necessarily disagree with him about. Yeah, I, in that case, I totally agree with him. And endorse everything you said, Carol. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Raw, I thought was good with this week as well. I didn't, I didn't really have an issue with it. They, they're doing things. I will give them. That yes, they're doing yes. things. <clears throat> yes. It, it's still the fist fight was lame. It should have been an actual fist fight. Okay, I'll, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Let's move on to a another promotion here. Marty Skrull sticking with Ring of Honor. Not only sticking with Ring of Honor, Joe. They gave him the pencil. Marty Skrull, the new, I guess, creative booker of, I guess, what they're calling him. They said he's head of creative duties is what the reported title is. So Marty Skrull booking ROH now. What do you think? This is, I, I'm, I've always thought this was the right move, him staying there, because I just, to me, the amount of money that he was allegedly getting offered is like, you know, when that contract comes up, this is all before the Booker thing, to be clear, but when I initially thought about it, okay, when this contract comes up, you know, AEW will need him more because they would have burned through a lot of their matches. They will need Marty Skrull more than ever. They probably have a plan for the next few months without him anyway. So this is this all makes sense. When you add in the fact that he got head Booker role, or sorry, head of creative duties, uh, the business has changed. I... <laughs> I just, I mean, that is an incredible play, right? That's an ultimate play. I mean, he's getting, he's getting to book the promotion, man. This is wild. This is insane. I remember when Marty was just, you know, a highly, a very much revered British wrestler, like working at RevPro and, and all that good stuff. And now he's booking a territory, you know? Pretty big one, too. Well, you know, relatively speaking. He's already done big things. I mean, everyone thought the, the New Japan relationship was dead. And now we're going to see New Japan talent on the WrestleMania weekend show. Yeah, he's he's got ties back in with the NWA, where where Flip's going to be working their pay per view. Marty's going to be on Power. He look, he spun this to his advantage in a, in a huge way because he could have gotten the money from AEW. I, I'm sure AEW and WWE were offering him big time money to to come over there. But ROH was offering big money as well, and they're offering him a chance to to book the territory as well. And so, you know, if you're Marty, what? Why wouldn't you take that? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I do think there is a chance that you know, like two months into this gig, he suddenly realizes that this is a, a terrible idea. But <laughs> when that happens, we'll not cover it because it makes us look silly. But I mean, we, you know, it is a big job he's got on his hands. So many years truly, like, booking, you know? Like, he's actually running the operation. I don't know if it's the easiest job, but you're 100% right. From an opportunity point of view, it's, it's as good as it gets, right? I mean, there's, you know, the truth is, if he goes to WWE, he's going to be, you know, the 4,000th um, hottest new sign in NXT he's ever brought in. If he goes to AEW, he's going to be a player, but he'll only his value only increases to them over time, especially with a new TV deal. This is perfect, I feel, unless it ends sort of, I guess even if it ends badly, man, he's got so many options, right? Like, he's in a great spot. He's played the situation beautifully, as you said, and uh, the only takeaway I can have from him, I'm just happy for him. That's the only thing you can be, right? It's an awesome spot for him. Head booker. Yeah, I don't think Marty's stock hurts as far as, all right, if it doesn't go poorly, fine. Like, it, it reflects poorly on his booking, but... You know, yeah, who cares? Yeah, <laughs> yes. AEW and, and WWE aren't going to like offer him a, a booking spot. Like he's still going to be 
a very good wrestler, a very popular wrestler. So I don't think it, it hurts him any in any way in that. When when his deal, you know, throughout last year when his deal was coming up, I, I everyone just assumed he was going to AEW because you know that's where his friends are, and they they teased it plenty of times on being the elite and stuff. And I like I wondered, you know, some guys just want to be the big fish in the small pond. You go to yep. AEW, you go to WWE, you are a smaller fish in a bigger pond. <clears throat> You, you stay on the independence. There's not a lot of like big top names out there. And, and the deal Marty's got where he can work New Japan. He, he can work NWA. He can work pretty much as his own schedule um, on, on the independent scene. Like some people just want to do that and you can make just as much money doing that. Exactly. And I, you know, I think it's also the situation of realizing that when you do eventually if he does make the decision to sign for one of the two companies you mentioned that's the end really of those times right like you know i think he's going to maximize this freedom while he has it enjoy himself the nwa thing i think appeals to him and uh yeah i mean it's incredible to think when did he actually start being a part of ring of honor when was the whole uk tour where he like grabbed the tv title and all that good stuff that was like what three years ago maybe i don't watch ring of honor (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to tell you, Jeremy, that based on my estimation, it was three years ago. Well, my point was, my point was that in that time, I believe that there has been an insane roster turnover, and to the point where him being head booker is shocking, but not like insane, you know. But I guess she wasn't going to give the book to the Briscoes, so I, I assume this <laughs> was this was a good move to the Briscoes. I I agree, but I'm not sure it would have been the best move for all involved. To be honest, I'm on board with it, man. I like it. I'm going to try and watch it as well. It's been a while for me. I am now because it's interesting, at least compared to what they. I mean, their their 2019 was dreadful, absolutely yes. dreadful. Especially after the uh, the Garden show, like everything after that was downhill. And I watched some of the the bigger shows, like Final Battle wasn't a good show on the whole. There's there hasn't been a whole lot of good in Ring of Honor for a few years now. The Elite stuff was good, but that that was kind of it. And now Marty. The fact that he he can repair this relation, I don't know if it needed repairing, but the fact that he could better the relationship with with New Japan is already a positive sign for them. Exactly, that's that's huge for them, man. I remember there was one point there was an opinion that like I don't go over reliant on it, and that was right, that was one hundred percent true. But now the situation they're in now, they need to get as reliant on it as possible, you know, because they have to rebuild as far as their own group. But if they can lean on New Japan in that time, that would help a lot. We're going to jump back to WWE because I messed up my format sheet. This was not in the format, not in the script. Drew McIntyre. Oh, yes. Drew McIntyre on Raw. I I guess he's a babyface now. Yes. He is, in fact, Dwayne The Rock Johnson now. I don't know if you've noticed or not. He's declaring he's going to win the Royal Rumble. Joe, is Drew going to win the Royal Rumble? Maybe. Okay. Hot take, maybe. I actually am going to say no, he's not. But this is the piquet here. Well, I think he could actually be the guy that eliminates Brock and like gets that spot. I have a feeling he could be the guy that ends up working Brock at WrestleMania. Because I look at the uh, the list of options here. Okay, Jeremy. Now, as you know, people that follow me on, on Twitter now, I've been I've been analysing this in quite a lot of detail. So I'll, I'll now lay out the list of, and I want you to tell, when I say a name, Jeremy, I want you to tell me what you think. Okay. These are the potential opponents for Brock at WrestleMania. Okay? Kevin Owens. I like that. You up or down? 
Yeah, I like that. Okay, you're good with that. Okay. Um, uh, Alistair Black. Probably too soon for Black, but I think it'd be good. Samoa Joe. I'd, I'd love to see that match. They, they, the Great Balls of Fire rematch we deserve. Yep, I agree. Um, Randall Orton. I, I don't have an issue with that. The, the SummerSlam rematch we deserve. But it needs to be a, a fist fight. Cain Velasquez. No, I, I don't want to see that. Tyson Fury. No. Okay, Dwayne The Rock McIntyre. That's your final, that's your final <laughs> one. Now, now weigh up for me, Jeremy. Am I wrong or is that, a, is that a relative chance on that list of options I just laid out? Yeah. I think it is. I honestly think there's a chance he gets that spot. I mean, why else do this push now in January? <laughs> I don't understand it otherwise. I, I feel like they've tried pushing McIntyre so often, or at least that they've hinted at it, or that there's been a clamoring for it, and then they, they just don't do it. Like, they pair him with Dolph Ziggler. They yes. the, the Shane McMahon thing, which it seemed like oh. it was supposed to be big for him, but then he just lost to Roman or, or lost to The Undertaker. And he just got lost in the shuffle. Like I, I was listening to to McIntyre. He was on after the bell, and you know he came up with the the whole countdown to the Claymore gimmick um, at a house show, and then it just stuck with him. And he was basically saying, like you know, you keep saying I'm this Scottish psychopath, but like I'm not really a psychopath. I don't do psychopathic things. I just <laughs> outside of my work ethic, where yeah, I'm crazy, but I'm not out here like murdering people or anything. So we got to do something different. And he got a chance to to show his personality at the the house show with the countdown thing and like crack jokes and stuff, and they they ran with it. So I think it's a good thing for McIntyre. I hope they stick with it. I like Drew McIntyre. I've been wanting them to to push him for really since his return, and they they just haven't gotten fully behind him. See, I, I'm on the opposite side. I've never been a big Drew guy. I, I always thought there was there was something missing. He was a little bit drier to be a top guy. That rhyme, but there you go. Um, I think this is the most I've ever enjoyed him in the last like two, three weeks. He's the most I've enjoyed him. Honestly, I mean, he seems to be really making an effort to be to be as charismatic and magnetic as possible. And to be honest, he's coming pretty easily to him. That's why I think he. You know, I I like the Owens idea, but outside of that, I think Drew is the most realistic. Most the best fit out of all of the current guys because obviously Kane and Tyson Fury that's a different that's a different thing altogether. But I think on the Raw crew, I think this is an opportunity. I think you could actually finally roll the dice once and for all and decide whether you want to actually do this with Drew or not. You know. I hope they do. I I'm a McIntyre guy. You have Bobby Roode. I have Drew McIntyre. That's oh wow that that's framed <laughs> me terribly because. <laughs> Everyone listening to this podcast will be like, yo, I like Drew McIntyre and I hate Bobby Roode. <laughs> yeah, good one. Getting everyone on my side for this. Yeah, hot take. I mean, I like Drew McIntyre. Yeah. <laughs> super, super hot take. It, it's as hot as your, uh, your maybe he wins the Royal Rumble. Yes, take. yes. I, I don't think McIntyre wins the Royal Rumble. I do I do like your, your idea that he is the one that eliminates Brock Lesnar because I think it seems sort of obvious that like whoever eliminates Lesnar probably gets the title match at WrestleMania. That just seems like the easiest way to yeah. get Yeah, but the problem is though, is if this if there is a Saudi Arabia show next month, yeah. that could like this whole Brock in the Rumble thing could legitimately just be a bridge to Saudi Arabia. Which would be a long bridge, but it is a uh, that is not good. If that's the case, that'd be really disappointing, I think, to be honest, you know? 
We're going to get Kane and Brock 3 in Saudi Arabia. Got out the rubber See, match. The thing is, I'm, I don't want to be... The Kane thing, I couldn't have any less interest in if I tried, but is there an element that you like to this story? I'm going to lay this out. I don't know where we're out on the time. But, so the, sec, the, the match they had in Saudi Arabia was an MMA fight done as a professional wrestling match, correct? Yeah? Right. What if the, the story is that now they do the, like, Kane starts doing the Lucha stuff because the idea is he embraces professional wrestling and now wrestles like a wrestler. Is that, could that be the angle for the third match? Like, you know, Brock comes out expecting the same thing he got last time and instead Kane does, like, a Hurricane Rana or something cool and raising his corner. Is that is that any interesting to you or are you still, like, totally out on this idea? That's more interesting than if they keep trying to book it like an MMA fight. I, I, saw, oh, I agree. Yeah. I saw them fight in MMA. It didn't go well for Brock. Yeah, I agree. I, I just think... The the audience that likes MMA, that truly loves MMA, they, I have a light wrist and they don't, and they probably didn't think that match was super cool that they had. They probably thought it looked really weird, you know? <laughs> I don't know if it's the way forward, man. I really don't. I like that it was short. Yes. Yeah. Um, did you have your headline already like pre-written for that one? You know? <laughs> <That> <laughs> Lesnar retains. <laughs> I didn't know who was going to win. And typically, like, we don't do you know, headlines or, or articles if there's no title change and, and there was no title change on that. So I was like, all right, are we going to do one? But then it was so short and just the, the way it ended, we were like, all right, yeah, we, we've got to do one on Brock taps out Kane in a minute and a half or, or whatever it was. I'm, I'm looking at the calendar and I, please correct me if I'm wrong. That was like two months ago, correct? The, it, no, it was, it was uh, October 31st. It was Halloween. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, that was the same night as Tyson Fury versus Braun, correct? Yeah, unfortunately, yes. I have no negative opinions on that match, and that has to be a topic one day because it makes me very happy just thinking about it. Carry on. <laughs> Our final topic, Joe. A last-minute yep. addition to the podcast today. Oh, yes. Today. A tweet went out from WWE, and it simply reads, Are Sasha Banks in 2020... And Michael Jordan in 1995, basically the same. That's it. That's the tweet. Are they the same, Joe? Sasha Banks in 2020, Michael Jordan in 1995. Okay, I have to own up immediately and just say this is all my doing. I mean no ill will towards the writer who produced what I'm told. I have to be clear about this, Jeremy. What I'm told is a very good article, okay? I understand we're all looking for headlines. I respect the hustle, but... I would I would argue, Jeremy, this is the greatest tweet I've ever read in that, in all my life. Honestly, I would argue that. I don't know who put that the the photo together. Like, who did the art? The art is amazing. I will Incredible. give credit on that. That's what's great about it. It looks like a very serious feature. Yeah. I think it is. I think it is. But it's done like you know, tongue in cheek. I assume. I hope. But this is where you get into an interesting argument. Okay, if we're talking about the achievements of the uh, the professional wrestler Sasha Banks, assuming that this is a legitimate sport they're competing in, Jeremy, we have no evidence it is not, correct? Is there a basketball player she less resembles than Michael Jordan? <laughs> um, I, Bill Russell? Bill Russell won a lot of titles. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, I feel the big... This is what I would say. I would say the equivalent of getting swept in the playoffs is having... A rival explains to you you've never defended a, a title and then losing that title to her one week after you win it, I would suggest is the equivalent of getting swept in the first round. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Well, agree. in that case, Jeremy, I mean, this 
that was the last time she was champion. Am I wrong? Am I missing something? What's, I understand the idea, Jeremy, I would assume, is that 1995, the comeback, you know, you fall short initially and then you set up the, the rest of the, the story. Um, however, if Sasha Banks never gets that, like, you know, the push that everyone is assuming WrestleMania, Bailey, if that doesn't happen, this could go down as the greatest article ever produced. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Like, what if this is just, you know, she just has like a run by Bailey's side, you know, mid-card run, and then we, we sort of, we all move on, you know, people are called up, people go down, and then we're left with this article, a piece of history, a, a moment in time in which we pondered, is Sasha Banks of 2020 the same as Michael Jordan in 1995? So I'm trying to figure out the timeline here. Yes. And what I'm venturing is... So Jordan won three straight, re- retired, went to baseball, whatever. And Sasha lost the titles at WrestleMania, the, the tag team titles, yeah. went away, yeah. came back. Jordan, when he came back, lost to uh, the Magic in the playoffs. Yes, which was, I assume, Becky Lynch. In right, this, in yeah, this, yeah. I, yeah. I assume that was that was Becky Lynch. But, the, like, the Magic didn't even win the title, though. They, they were just the runners-up. So well, well, it's not, you know, I mean, it's not overanalyze here, Jeremy. Just carry on <laughs> no, with the narrative. No, I'm not going to overanalyze. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I love timeline stuff, like especially when we're going to talk about basketball in comparison. Okay, okay, yeah. So that would mean, like, Sasha would have to, like, win – like headline multiple because Jordan, you know, he lost to the magic. He came back, he won three more titles. Sasha would have to like headline multiple WrestleManias, win multiple championships for, for this article to, to be true. So yeah, if like, if she's not winning the title at WrestleMania, we will look back on this article and be like, I agree. this is, this is a masterpiece. Someone had a different read on it and I, I will not name them. One of my associates on the social media, because I don't know if they want to be named, with such a, uh, frankly, a dangerous opinion to have. But someone viewed it as Sasha returning to save Bailey's title reign is the equivalent of Jordan returning in order to save the Bulls' uh, playoff hopes as they were then led by Scotty Pippen. How do you feel about that, Jeremy? So Bailey is Scotty Pippen. Yes, which is good. We're not arguing with Scotty Pippen or Bailey. We're just suggesting they're not quite as dynamic as Jordan or Sasha. I I don't know if if I can quite, because like Jordan was winning too, though, you know, he wasn't just there. Oh, I'm going to help. I'm saving your, your title reign. Like Jordan was out here winning, not just a sidekick. Yeah. I mean, true. Yeah. So I understand what you're saying there, but you know, I'm trying to look at this from many different angles because the issue is Jeremy, neither of us have read the article yet. Okay. So we can return <laughs> to this. Off of this headline. <laughs> yeah. But let's look, let's be honest. Okay. This article be the greatest article ever. It's not going to top that tweet on its own, without context, is it? It's just, that tweet with the art is one of the best things that has ever appeared on my feed, ever. Because there's no setup to it, is there? It just reads, is Tasha Banks basically the same? That's the best part, basically the same. (laughs) I I don't know, what basketball player do you feel most, um, you know, mirrors Sasha Banks' role in the World Wrestling Federation, as as it once known before the business changed? So she's won multiple titles, but she hasn't like like she didn't really defend them. I, I can't I truthfully can't recall like a Sasha Banks run that 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 like sticks out to me. Like, well I think winning the title and losing it immediately I think is like the equivalent of getting like a first a one seed and then just 
not doing it in the playoffs. That's what I think it's the equivalent of, Jeremy. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of like who that would like who that would be throughout throughout. Steve Nash. Steve Nash. All right, I I can get behind Sasha Banks. Steve, being Steve did Steve Nash. Nash ever reach the finals? Um, Steve Nash did not reach the finals. That's it. That's game set match. That's that's got to be it. That's the perfect <laughs> one, right? We all respect it. Tremendous game. But unfortunately, it didn't quite work out when it needed to most, you know? Perhaps she's 2009 Steve Nash. That's my take, Jeremy. All right, see, I was thinking of, like, people who actually, like, won titles, but you're right. I don't know why I'm comparing NBA championships to, to WWE championships. <laughs> that I would think... make, like, Carmella would be, like, a, a superstar. <laughs> yeah. I think that's all. Well, I was trying to think of, like, uh, you know, a superstar who... It like was a role player on a championship team. Okay, like, okay. I almost thought of like Kyrie Irving, and that's a great one. No, yeah, that's perfect. I'm actually like not sure that's a bad comparison. No, that's perfect because like all of the chaos that surrounds just her name in a headline. Yeah, through no fault of her own, is very very similar to Kyrie. Right? That's actually perfect. I feel. Yeah, but who is LeBron in that in that scenario? The Bailey's LeBron, apparently. No, damn it. <laughs> That's a blockable offense. That's that's dangerous. I think it's Charlotte because yeah, Charlotte would be Charlotte and Sasha. Charlotte and Sasha had like amazing matches together, and since they got like kind of separated, you know, one of them has continued to win championships, and the other one has, has done less of that. That's how I'll say it politely in order not to get blocked. Well, I mean, LeBron hasn't won a title since losing Kyrie. No, but like he's a, you know, but he's a winner. You know, he like no one questions last year. Yeah. I guess so. We're gonna. Are we about to question LeBron James' greatness? On is this what we should do? This should be our topic. Is. You're right, though. Actually, so who is Charlotte Flair? Bill Russell. <laughs> yeah, just a bunch of titles that no one cares about. So <laughs> Ignatian just turned this podcast <laughs> off. Maybe I don't know. There's a lot of ways you can go with this. I think this could be a new brand of article. To be honest, the the article the article starts. I, I pulled up the article, by the way. I want okay. to be fair to this writer. It's very long. So Yes, I, I've been told it's good, genuinely. I'm not poking right there. I'm just, the concept is hilarious to me. That's all I'm saying. I, I really do like this art, though. I want to know who put this art together. Yeah, I mean, I would too, because there's a lot of fun I could have with that same concept and that level of art. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. There's a lot of ways me and you could go with that, I feel, with the women's division in comparison to the National Basketball Association. <laughs> I think there's a lot of ways we could go with it. Like, who is Tamina? Oh, God. Um, now, be nice, Jeremy. Let's be fair about this. Who is Tamina? Do we Brandon, think? Brandon Roy. A oh, fantastic, wow. fantastic wrestler. Can't stay healthy. Wow, that is about <laughs> as generous an approach as you could have had. He I was going to say... to be nice. Who, who's the big fella who always got dunked on? <laughs> um... <laughs> Sean Bradley. Bradley? <laughs> yes, Sean Bradley. That's my Tamina suggestion. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. But this is this is a whole other world. I think this is something we can bring in weekly. You know, we can associate, we can relate the NBA uh, news. Kyrie Irving, I think, is actually the best shout though. To be honest, has reached the heights, but there's a lot of there's a lot of toxic debate surrounding that name. Look, I'm all for the NBA. Um and wrestling comparisons if you notice our graphic bars at the bottom i don't know if people noticed this last week i'm gonna point out this easter egg this week 
Joe, his background is the 76ers logo. My my coloration in my background is uh, Oklahoma City Thunder colors. So, and yeah. I specifically asked for both of those things. I mean, we're, I mean, we are, um, as is shown there by the teams underneath that, we are insane people. We're aware of this. We're embracing it. But we, for the longest time, Jim, we have wanted mainstream coverage that achieves what this article achieved. And that is a unnecessary, pointless comparison between professional wrestlers and NBA players, but one that we can genuinely feel multiple segments about. This could be the future of this podcast, I think, you know? I've been begging for basketball talk and on this website for a very long time. And we we did the NBA draft podcast, which apparently did very well when it comes to live viewers and downloads and stuff. So I'm all for it. I I, got to point this out on the article because I'm sold on this and I will read it once we get off the air. And I'll tell you why I'm sold on it here in a second. The opening line is, if I'm being honest, I kind of just stumbled upon this comparison. That is Carol, Carol, Carol. Even for me, equating present-day Sasha Banks to Michael Jordan in 1995 isn't an analogy that I blink and whip up in 15 seconds flat. I'm also keenly aware that only two sentences into this, you're all decently skeptical that this will make any sense whatsoever. Look, I... I'm 100% behind this article because that's exactly how I write all my articles. I well, come up I'm going to be honest with you, Jeremy. I've, that's done the opposite effect to me. I'm, I've now think this man's a liar. I don't agree <laughs> with the notion. I do not believe the notion that this man fell into a comparison of that range. There is no way he's just sort of stumbled across it. There's no way. Right? This, is, this has been considered and thought out. He's been looking at box scores for the last six months. <laughs> watching Sasha Banks promos in the background, trying to piece it together. But I admire it. I admire that he's, you know, taking the sort of, well, perhaps approach. But the headline, as we saw I'll read it to you. We should report back next week, I feel. I, that, that's fine. I, I buy this article because that's exactly how I come up with my all my articles. I, it's a half-baked idea where I stretch it into a, a full-blown article and people are like, you're crazy. I'm like, look, I was, I was half asleep. I, I, you know, I'd just woken up. I was, I was on the Matt Riddle medicine, whatever it was, but th- this is how I, I came up with the article and I somehow made it work. So I admire this man, whoever this man oh, is. I admire him too, yeah. <laughs> It's good, good, good. I mean, the guy's on WP.com, man, doing this. He's actually on one of their shows, right? I, don't, I feel yeah, I'm being I mean. Not, I think he's on the bump. I'll actually... I'll oh, see good it. for him. He's killing it, man. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here on a video cast where I, I have no video. So if he ever sees this, I hope he isn't offended. We're, we're aware that he is winning this, this debate. But um, I'm... It's Ryan Papola from the bump. Okay. Well, I've watched the bump. Um, yeah, I'll leave it there. I haven't watched the bump, so yeah, <laughs> I'll leave it there. Uh, I'm sure it's a very good show, though. You know, I'm, I'm sure. Gonna it follow is. him on Twitter, and I'm going to invite him on our show. I'm I'm all for this, but you still haven't got Luther on as a guest, so I'm very frustrated. We're on episode two now, Jeremy. So yeah, look, you know. I I'm pitching idea. Obviously, I pitched Doctor Luther's Japanese Deathmatch Legendary Weekly Show, whatever I called it earlier. I, yeah, sure. I, this is my thing, Joe. I I literally just admitted it. I come up with these half baked ideas, and at some point, I will get around to making them work. I am now. This is the, a game we'll continue to play at the end of the show. And we'll do it at the end of the show, so people that aren't interested can just get off of it as soon as possible. But I will name 
one professional wrestler each week, okay? And we will then spend the next 25 to 45 minutes <laughs> considering what NBA player they most uh, resemble. Not physically, of course. That would be a whole other game. But um, in style and stature, Jeremy, that's what we'll do each week. We'll, we'll, we can put this on FIFA Select, potentially, and hopefully, <laughs> yeah. you know, hopefully make some more money off of that. Yes, yes. That would be an incredible... That would be groundbreaking. That's what that would be. <laughs> And Sean and Jimmy got the 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 list goes on whatever their their after run show is. We we can have our after run show the the NBA distraction. Uh, I don't. What would we call it? Out of oh, bounds. We call it out of out bounds. Of bounds. Yeah. Wow, you had that one up your pot in your pocket, man. That was strong. <laughs> I like that. Yes, very much so. Out of bounds. Very good. All right, Joe. Let everyone know where they can find you on on social media and oh. elsewhere. You can, uh, I wouldn't, but just find, find me at Joe Holbert 5. You see, the Twitter is very bad, Jeremy. As I say, you're free to direct message me. If you want to be, look, if you're going to be nice, then please follow me, give me many compliments. But if you have any kind of conflict with anything I said, just just block me, man. Just, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't want to discuss, I don't want to debate Steve Nash. I don't want to do that, you know? Why not? I mean, you you said it. You can't you can't say these hot takes like maybe Drew McIntyre is going to win the Royal Rumble and then not to finish True. stance. This is definitely a hot take show in <laughs> in every way apart from not being one at all. Do you know? What I mean, that's what it definitely is. I mean, but we're both aware of how dangerous you know this this platform can be. Uh, it can be very friendly and very generous until you, you take a wrong step. You call Sasha Banks. You know. Um, uh, I'm not going to name a name. You call Sasha Banks another NBA player, you could get in a lot of trouble. I kept it at Steve Nash. I like your Tamina show. That was the most generous thing I've ever heard anyone say in the history of podcasting. But anyway, yes, Joel but five. Joel will have a new feature or two next week for the yes. Royal Rumble. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Lambert 88. We're both on Fightful.com. Sign up to Fightful Select. Support everything we do. This is a weekly show. I, I don't know if this is a an announcement but we the the show because i think i said it last week but our scheduling got thrown off last week because sean uh had the flu and his his health was more important than our show how dare him uh that's that's ridiculous yeah it's gonna be every thursday night where this show gets posted we usually record on thursday afternoon but it's gonna be posted up on fightful every thursday night so check it out every thursday on on fightful.com as i mentioned up top if you have some topic ideas for us, feel free to hit us up. Joe will listen. I won't, and we, we will gladly cover it. Don't hit us up with very serious topics. Though. We literally yes. spent a half hour talking about Sasha Banks and Michael Dutton. That's the kind of topics we're looking for. Yes, 100%. More of those, please. Yeah, until Sean yells at us. He's like, what are you guys doing talking basketball in your podcast? We're changing the game. That's what we're doing. We're changing the game. Thank you, everybody, for joining us, and we will speak to you next week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.